Hey guys, um, like you just said, my name is Lexi. It's also up on the board. So um, before I start though, I would really just like to open in a word of prayer. So if you guys would bow your heads for me, that would be great. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I just come before you completely and utterly humbled by my inability to do the smallest tasks without you, God. Um, I pray that as I'm up here speaking to these students, Lord, that you would just be in me, that they would not see me standing here, but that they would see you, and that they would not hear my words, but yours, God. Because without you, no matter how great my talk is, it's not going to mean anything if you're not in it, God. Um, and I solely rely on you to open the hearts of these students and to just let your love shine through me, God. Um, and it's in your precious and holy name that I pray these things. Amen. Okay. Um, for those of you that just walked in, my name is Lexi, and I'm super excited to be here with you guys today. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but walking in here, the title of my seminar is Love Is. So obviously I'm going to be talking about love. But one thing that I just want to make clear is this is specifically not a dating seminar. Um, so I'm not going to talk to you about the do's and don'ts of dating um, or anything like that. But in order for this to make any sense to you guys at all, I have to start at the beginning. And you're probably like, duh, why would you start in the middle of your talk? Like That doesn't make any sense. Uh, but that's not exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the beginning of everything, like the beginning of the world. Uh, in order to understand what love is, we have to understand who our creator is and how we were created. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So if God created the heavens and the earth and he created everything in the earth, that means that God created us. But unlike everything else that God created, God did not create us in the same way. He created us in a unique and specific way, unlike anything that he had ever created ever before that. Genesis 1 goes on to say, then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. So this unique and specific way that we were created was after God's own image. But that does not mean anything to us if we don't know who God is. So who is God? First um, John 4.16 says, God is love. Simple as that. Nothing more, nothing less. Just God is love. So if God is love and we were created in the image of God, that means that we were created in the image of love. But God is not just love. God is also perfect. So we are created in the image of perfection. We are created in the image of an entirely perfect love. But again, that really does not mean anything if we don't know what love is. So the world tells us that love is just an affectionate feeling or an intense romantic and physical attraction to another person. But that's not the kind of love that I want to talk about because that's not true love. That's not what love was intended to be when God created love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love is patient and kind. It does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. 
It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Guys, we were created in this. We were created in this perfect love that God intended. We were created in a perfect love for a perfect purpose, to serve and to be with a perfect God, to be in love with a perfect God. Unfortunately, like you heard last night from Colby, we completely destroyed that love. We completely destroyed that perfection that God created us in by sinning. Um, Because of our sin, we have a broken relationship with God. Because of our sin, and because God is perfect, and God absolutely hates sin. Like, more than anything else, God hates sin. And therefore, he cannot associate himself with the unrighteous things of this world. He cannot associate himself with us. Because he cannot associate himself with us, our our purpose in life is completely destroyed. Because remember, as I said earlier, we were created to be in perfect love with God and to be in a perfect relationship with God. But if he cannot associate himself with us, that obviously completely shatters that. So as a result of our sin and our broken relationship from our Lord, uh, with the Lord and our depravity, we have been eternally separated from God, leaving a gaping hole in our hearts. But that hole, just like us, just like we were created in a unique and specific way for a unique and specific purpose, that hole that's left in our hearts is unique and specific to exactly what was taken out. So it cannot be filled by meaningless things. We try to fill that hole naturally because we don't want to be broken. We want to be whole and we want to be fixed the way we were intended to be. So we try to fill it with these various things, namely acceptance through relationships with other people. If you think about it, we live in a society that desires perfection. We live in a society that pushes you to be the best, whether it's the best athlete, the smartest student, the most popular, the prettiest, the most successful, the richest, whatever it is, whatever aspect of your life is most important to you, society pushes you to be the best in that. Why do we want to be the best? We want to be the best because we think that if we get to that place, that we'll be accepted, and that with acceptance comes love. However, that does not fully satisfy us. It may last for a while, um, but it's not. Eventually, the satisfaction from that runs out. And the reason is because that peace looks like it will fit in our hearts, and it looks like it will mend the brokenness in our hearts, but it's not exactly the right shape, and so it leaks. And over time, it just wears out. The missing piece of our heart is love, but it is not an earthly love. It is an unconditional and perfect love that we were created in. But I didn't understand that until about a year ago. But again, let me start at the beginning. Growing up, I had a seemingly perfect life. I have two parents that love me. I have an older brother and a younger sister. I grew up in a Christian home, went to a Christian school until I got into high school. Um, And I've been going to church for as long as I can remember. 
probably my entire life. Um, but the reality of my home life was so much different than that. My family focused on having a perfect outward image. I was raised under the concept that everything is fine, no matter how much you're hurting inside and no matter what's going on in your life, you are fine. When somebody asks you, you are fine. And so that's how our family was. From the outside, we were fine, but on the inside, we were completely broken. My parents have an incredibly rocky relationship. Um, there's constant fighting, always tension. Um, growing up, I can remember sitting on my stairs, listening to my parents argue in the kitchen, looking up at my brother and asking him, are mom and dad getting a divorce? As a five-year-old kid, that is an incredibly hard thing to go through. So based on that, um, growing up, I'd never really seen what love was supposed to look like. I'd never really seen how to be in a relationship. And I felt very alone as a kid because, like I said, I have a brother, but he's two years older than me, and he's a guy. He doesn't really understand what girls go through as they grow up. I also have a younger sister, as I mentioned before, but she's five years younger than me. Um, so she's not, she had not gone through the things that I was going through. She was not in an age where it was appropriate for her to know the things that I was going through. And so I felt alone. But one thing that really helped me as a child um, was that I had one close friend who kind of just grew up with me. As a kid, he's older than me, so as a kid, he was more of a big brother for me. He helped raise me and he helped teach me just like some life lessons that I needed to learn that my parents and my family couldn't help me learn. But as I got older, our relationship changed. Um, the age difference seemed less dramatic and I matured and we became friends. Um, we did everything together. We were best friends. He knew pretty much everything there was to know about me. Um, and so that really helped. Then as I got into high school, our relationship changed again. Um, he became more of a love interest for me. And as he began to realize that I had grown up and that I had matured, um, he saw me in the same light. And we began to date. And things were, things were pretty good for a while. But going into my sophomore year, our relationship got, started to get more serious. And because of the way that I had grown up and because of the lack of love in my life, I grew up with this heart issue of being absolutely 100% terrified of love, terrified of relationships. And so I began to slowly push him away, to distance myself from him. And because of that, our relationship got rocky. We had some high moments, and in those high moments, life was perfect. I couldn't have asked for a better guy. Um, I thought that I could see him in my life for the rest of my life. But in those low moments, I began to doubt our relationship. I began to doubt his love for me. 
I began to doubt even our past and our friendship, the very core of our friendship. He'd been, he had been a friend of mine for as long as I could remember, and I began to doubt that because I was so terrified of what it meant to be in love. So I started distancing myself from him, and I started hanging out with this other guy. And after a couple weeks of hanging out with him, I realized that I was starting to have feelings for him. But I did not want to let go of that relationship that I still had. I was curious, though, of what life without him would look like, because I'd never been without him. I'd never been in a place where I was not associated with him. I'd never been on my own. And so while that made me curious about what it would be like to be with another person, it also terrified me because I didn't know what it would be like to live without him, what it would be like to be on my own. What if I couldn't handle it? All these questions just raced through my mind, and so I wasn't ready to give that up yet. But at the same time, I wanted to pursue this new guy. So I did. I started cheating on the first guy. Um, when, I was, when I was sure that things with this new guy were stable, I went back to that last guy and I said, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. We're done. And he was confused and hurt. Um, obviously that's not what he wanted to hear. And he asked me why, and I told him the one thing that I was sure would make him leave, and I told him the truth. I looked at him and I was like, I'm cheating on you. And his reaction was a little bit different than I expected. He looked at me and he said, I know. I know that you're cheating on me. So. We talked about it for a while, we argued about it, and he wanted, he wanted to stay with me, he wanted to fix it. He thought that we could work through it. We'd been friends forever, and he didn't want to lose that just because of a mistake that I was making. But the thing is, at this point, he was not what I wanted. I had my heart set on this new guy, and he was not that new guy. He was not the person that I thought I wanted to be with. And I was tired of arguing with him. So I did, again, the one thing that I knew would make him leave. And I looked at him, and I told him I hated him, that I didn't want to ever see him again, and that I didn't want to be with him. So he turned, and he walked away for a little bit. So trying my very, very hardest to forget about that relationship and to pretend that everything was okay. I put all my energy into this new guy and into building a relationship with him. Unfortunately, that was not healthy for me because I made him the center of my world. I stopped hanging out with all my other friends. I made important decisions based on him and I began to idolize our relationship. The thing is, that all changed the day that he told me he loved me. My exact words to him when he told me he loved me were, no, you don't. Because I was so terrified of what that meant. And I was terrified because I knew that I was feeling the exact same way and I had no idea what that meant for me. 
because my biggest fear was to end up like my parents in a relationship that is dysfunctional. So, just like before, I pushed him away. I became extraordinarily mean to him. I started the most irrational arguments about nothing, absolutely nothing. Some of the things that I did and said to him, you would not even imagine if I told them to you now. And so, after a couple weeks of that, he had had enough, and rightfully so. He came to me and he was like, I'm done. I'm done putting up with your crap. I'm done letting you treat me like crap. I'm done with you. So we broke up. Unfortunately, like I said, I had let him become the center of my life. My existence revolved around him. So when he broke up with me, I was devastated. There are not even words to explain how tragic that was and how much sorrow and pain that I felt in that moment. And I can just remember crying and crying and crying for hours on end, seeming like it would never stop. But when that first guy that I told you about heard, the minute he heard, he came, did not even say anything, but just embraced me in a hug and held me as I cried and held me as I ranted about how much I hated him, how much I was going to miss him, how much I needed him, the guy that I'd just broken up with, and he just held me. And over the next couple weeks and months, he, this, the old guy that had come back continued to tell me how incredibly beautiful and loved that I was. He truly wanted to see me healed. He didn't expect me to go back and want to be in a relationship with him. He wasn't expecting that if he came to the rescue that I would want to be with him again. He wanted to see me healed. He wanted to make sure that I was okay. And it was in that moment that I realized how much that I missed him and how big of a part of my life that he had been and how much I needed him. So this story is fundamentally true. However, one small detail that I changed is that first guy is not actually a guy. That first guy is Jesus. And not only did I push Jesus away, not only did I ignore him, abandon him, and tell him that I hated him, but it was my sins so long ago that held him to that cross and brutally murdered him. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. Guys, that is what Jesus did for us, for you, individually. He went and he died and he suffered a brutal death. He endured complete and utter separation from his father. He, not only did he suffer that separation, but he said, you give me all of your filth and all of your dirt and every disgusting part of you and you give that to me and I will give you my perfection. 
I will let you stand before my father and look blameless in his sight, and I will go before my father, and I will suffer his wrath and his judgment, and I will suffer complete separation from him because I love you. God made an incredible sacrifice for us. He sent his one and only son. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. God, do you, guys, do you think it was easy for God to look at his son and be like, you are disgusting, you are filthy, and you are rotten, and you deserve to burn in hell? Do you think that it was easy for God to turn his back on his own son? What an incredible sacrifice that was. Romans 5, 6, and 8 say, for while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Not while we were clean, not because we deserved it, but while we were dirty and filthy and ungodly and unrighteous, Jesus came and he died for us. Francis Chan writes in his book, Crazy Love, Jesus does not have to love us. His being is utterly complete and perfect, apart from humanity, yet he wants us and he chooses us. Guys, God did not create us because he needed us. God did not create us because he was lonely. God created us solely to be with us. And we didn't care and we threw all of that away. And God said, I don't care that you just destroyed my perfect creation. All I want is to be with you, and I will do anything in my power to be with you. And so he made that sacrifice for us. Unlike my ex-boyfriend, God's love for us is not conditional. It is not an earthly love. It does not depend on whether or not I'm mean to him or whether or not that I want to spend time with him. It is not conditional on me. God's love is unconditional. It is perfect. It is an all-consuming love that is fully and eternally satisfying. His love is perfect the way that he intended it to be. So my question to you is this. How could you not love a God who loves you so incredibly much? Why do we go out and try to fill that brokenness inside our heart with love when we have the only love that will fill it already, when it's free for us. A greater love than anything on this earth, yet we try to fill it with all these smaller loves. Why do we do that? Um, I want to make one thing absolutely clear before I close. Falling in love with Jesus will not make your life perfect. It will not fix that broken relationship with the Lord. It will not fix you. You will still be broken. You will still sin. You will still hurt God. You will still hurt other people. It does not fix you. Trust me, regardless of how much I believe that God loves me, I still do things that break his heart every single day. And every single day, I still drive that nail further into the hands and feet of Jesus. 
because I can't help it. But from my story, you guys could see that God understands. He knows that we cannot be perfect. He knows that. He created us. He understands. And that's why he made that sacrifice. I will never be able to love Jesus in a way that he loves me. But, and I will continue to hurt him. But every single time that I do, God assures me that I am forgiven and that I am loved unconditionally. Falling in love with the Lord will be one of the hardest things that you ever do. You will be persecuted for your faith. You will continue to feel lonely. You will doubt God sometimes. That is a fact. That will happen. But at the same time, falling in love with Jesus will be one of the easiest things that you ever do. Because the more that you spend time with God and the more that you see how much he loves you, the more in love you will fall with him. It's impossible to, to not fall for God because God is, going back to 1 Corinthians, God is love and that's exactly what we're striving for. And he is a perfect love. Um, so I strongly encourage you guys to seek a personal relationship with God, to go out and to long to spend time with him, to pray and to read about him, to learn as much as you can about him. It's, like I said, it's impossible not to fall in love with him. And he is the only thing that will fill that brokenness inside you, the only thing that can fix your broken heart. Charles Stanley wrote, fulfillment is not a matter of position or power. It is a matter of loving God and allowing him to love you. All you need in order to be fulfilled is Jesus Christ living within you. So submit yourself to God because fulfillment only comes when you decide to love God and give him all of yourself. He has a great plan for your life, a life that is exceptional. God, guys, God loves you so much and he has a plan for you and he wants to redeem your lives, but you just have to give it over to him. That's pretty much all I have to say about God. Guys, God's love for me has overwhelmed me and is such an incredible joy in my life. And I want the same thing for you guys. Um, if you guys would just bow your heads with me. Dear Heavenly Father, um, I thank you so much for who you are and for the incredible and all-consuming love that you have for us, Lord. Um, I pray that you have opened the hearts of these students, Lord, and that your love would just rain down on them and that it would captivate their souls, Lord. Just grab their hearts, Lord, um, and make them fall so deeply and desperately in love with you that all they can think about is you and that all they want to do is run to you, Lord. Um, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made so that you could be with us, and I thank you for who you are. And it's in your name I pray all these things. Now 